Hello and welcome to another episode of the Golden Hour Podcast brought to you by the Polar Pro Studio. I'm your host, Dave Mays, and today's guest is Gary, the everyday dad, uh, as he's known on YouTube and Twitter. We've had Gary on before, um, but a lot has changed since we've had him on last. He's now at over 400,000 subscribers on YouTube. He's switched cameras a couple of times and he's now finally landed in the Canon camp. Uh, We talk about his YouTube strategy, his thumbnail strategy, as well as some fun TikTok stuff that he's experimenting with and having great success with. Um, But before we get to our show, I just wanna say a big thank you to anyone who's been listening for a while now or any new followers of the show. Just thank you, thank you so much. I've been doing the YouTube channel for about a year now where I post my video interviews with the guests and they get views sometimes off and on, but really the majority of our listeners are here uh, in the audio only format. So I just want to say thank you so much for listening to the show every single week. Um, I know a lot of you, in fact, I think like 80% of the listeners are on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Second would be Overcast. And third is actually Spotify, which is surprising. Um, That means we got a lot of Apple users out there. If you're an Apple Podcast user, would you please right now go leave a rating and review of this podcast? Um, You can leave as many stars as you like. Uh, They have like a one to five star rating. And then you can just click a little button and it says write a review. It doesn't have to be crazy. Um, I've got a great review here from CU Buff Skier. This is hands down the most informative podcast out there to get behind the scenes access to some of the biggest YouTubers. I've learned so much and thankful this resource exists. Thanks, Dave. Thank you, CU Buff Skier. <laughs> so um, I'm gonna start reading uh, reviews. You guys can leave little messages for me in the reviews if you'd like. This is just a way that we can have Uh, a little bit more discoverability in the Apple Podcast app. If you listen to the audio, please uh, do us a favor. Go leave a rating and review right now. That'd be the biggest Christmas gift you could ever give to me. All right, without any further ado, let's listen in to my conversation now with Gary, the Everyday Dad. And thank you, everybody who listens to this show. Today, we are here with my good friend Gary, the Everyday Dad. After a long technical battle, uh, we have arrived as two tech nerds. Uh, struggling to figure out Zoom. Absolutely. Hey, thanks for having me, Dave. No, I, I assume that as people that really enjoy cameras and audio stuff and all that, uh, that we would be the ones that would have the most problems getting it to work um, <laughs> when we need it to work. It's always something. It's like this thing doesn't connect to that or you're maybe, try, you know, we were trying to get you your garage band to record while using Zoom at the same time and the AirPods and Anyways, we we'll always resort to a wire. That always solves the yep. problem. When you when you plug it in with a wire, instead of the wireless AirPods, we're ready to go. Well, Gary, a lot has changed since last time we talked. Um, I believe when we talked last, it was like right when COVID hit. I believe. Yeah, I think so. Correctly, early twenty twenty. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think it was kind of like what's going on? Maybe this will be over in like a week or two. <laughs> you know? Right. And then two years later. But um, your channel especially has changed dramatically over the last year and a half. Um, and then as long as I've known you, uh, it's gone through like two or three facelifts, it seemed. Um, how has the last year for you been uh, outside of, of course, the um, climate of you know, COVID and all that, like, how's the YouTube life been for you? Oh, YouTube's, I mean, it's been crazy. I mean, whenever you start, or at least when I started YouTube, you know, there was no assumption that anything would ever happen. It was just, Hey, there's these things I'm interested in. I'm going to make some videos about it. I think I can do it better than some of these other videos I've seen. Um, so there's, there's never an expectation of maybe where you're going to end up. So I am continuously shocked uh, at where the, the YouTube channel has gotten um, over the past, you know, since we started. But, mm-hmm. you know, we have seen a lot more traction over the last, well, like 18 months or so um, into like things that even in my first year when I hit 10,000 subscribers, that was crazy to me. Like that was a number that I never thought I would hit. And we just crossed like uh, over 400 um, a couple of weeks ago. And it's every day I'm shocked. Uh, Dude, so YouTube... YouTube has been great. Um, a lot of work. Uh, there's, there's been a lot of work to go into it um, to get us to where we're at, but uh, it's been it's been great. I mean, you can't complain about it. It's just, it's a hobby where I talk about stuff that I enjoy and then it pays for itself. So I get to 
buy more yeah. stuff to talk about. And it's just, it's, it's crazy. I just had a, a call with my accountant um, a couple of days ago, just to you know, firm up the year end stuff. And I was uh-huh. trying to go over, I was like, here's all my write-offs. And she's like, you, you're trying to write all this stuff off. I'm like, no, it's, I promise you it's all these <laughs> business expenses. It's, it's the stuff of how it makes the money. Um, uh, it's just talk about this stuff. And I mean, she's on board now, so hopefully the IRS will also get on board. <laughs> all but- you, well, all you have to do is just send a link to your uh, video tab on YouTube and she'll get the memo. Uh, right now, I'm looking at your um, recent videos and the first off, thumbnail game is through the roof incredible and I've loved watching your journey as a thumbnail artist uh, on Twitter over the oh, last year you. or so. <laughs> and uh, kudos to you for uh, continuing to up the ante every single time. Um, even honestly, the video you posted today, uh, iPad Air for uh, one year later, I love the colors that you're doing um, with obviously the wallpaper on the iPad and then the kind of the backgrounds that you're using. That's just um, a new wait. thing. Uh, over the last week, I found these uh, desk pads on Amazon, like actual like uh, gigantic mouse pads, and they work oh, perfect cool. because they're wide. They're like wide, so they work yeah. perfectly for a uh, you know a sixteen by nine thumbnail. I love them. Highly and recommended. They ca- and they don't uh, reflect either. Like they don't reflect nope. light. It's a nice flat kind of object. They're matte. They come in like a hundred different um, like shapes and colors and all that stuff. I bought 10 of them. I just bought like 10 more. They're all hanging <laughs> in my closet back over here. Love them. That's the that's the poor man's version of uh, the D-brand uh, placemats that MKBHC oh, got yeah, the, sent the metallic, to him yeah, yeah, the metallic. The, uh, the metal plates with D-brand skins on it that D-brand sent him. Um, maybe you'll get there uh, hopefully soon. But this maybe is someday. a great way to do it. I love these colors, though. It's awesome. I love but, them. I'm, I'm blown away by them. But the pictures um, that I'm looking at right now are mostly uh, MacBook Pro, uh, which I have here as well. I'm a huge fan of the new MacBook Pro. I'm uh, using mine. This is the camera for my MacBook Pro that I'm using right now. <laughs> well, yeah, if it, if it looks like a potato, uh, that's why. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. It's The camera's gotten better, but it's still not, you know, it's not a camera camera, you know. Well, yeah, but uh, it's you... it's far better than what um, they used to have. And if if we start looking at uh, like webcams across uh, all the computers, because I've got like twenty laptops in a in a closet <laughs> like right over there, um, yeah, they're they don't look as good as this. So it's I think it's a, a pretty yes. good, pretty good uh, huge upgrade. Yeah, pretty big upgrade because it used to be you know we're talking about um, you know COVID. It used to be oh it has a webcam monitor that's a nice to have, um, but anymore yeah. since you know in. You know, even my day job, I've been working from home now for almost two years. Uh, the webcam wow, and the audio is now like way more important than it was uh, just a couple <laughs> of years ago. So I, I imagine Apple, uh, you know, they're they're leading a charge here with getting their webcams up to snuff. Totally. And I'm I'm sure the other companies cannot be very far behind them because these are these are big purchasing decisions now. I'm so game for that. I think anything that you can do that adds convenience to a customer. Um, makes the customer have more joy when they use the product. Because, I mean, not only does it have a, a better web, webcam, but every time I plug in uh, into this HDMI uh, for my monitor, I'm thrilled. And every time I pop an SD card out of my camera and just stick it straight into the laptop, I just have a smile on my face. I'm just so happy that we're finally back to a... Uh, a computer that's usable <laughs> with right? ports and stuff. I love it. I love. I I I love that the they move their pros to being a little bit thicker um, to add all the ports back in. Now I'm not. I'm still using my Mac Mini from last year because I'm having some problems with Mac OS. The new Mac OS interfacing with my RAID. Um, it's taken okay. like long, long rambling story. Long. Um, I'm still using my M1 Mini as my primary computer, but I'm very excited. When I guess the new version of macOS, when it comes out next week, will fix a lot of those problems, then I can start okay. using my MacBook Pro 16 again because it's ridiculously fast. Well, I mean, you know, if you're watching the video, I'm holding this. So, what are you using, Dave? I'm also using uh, M1 uh, Mac Mini uh, here on my table here. And I was thinking I would just make it a dedicated, like, Golden Hour Polar Pro computer. Um, but I don't know. It's 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 losing value by the day, and you know I could probably make two K. It's maxed out, so I could probably sell it for something substantial to go towards this other computer, which is a much more reasonable and practical thing. But uh, 
you know, we are not practical people all the time, are we, Gary? <laughs> I don't know. Yep, I'm not. Uh, nope, I make a lot of videos where I'm like, here's what I would recommend, you know, if we were to think about our needs. But don't yeah. let me, I, I think the words I used were, don't let, don't think of me as, you know, standing on top of a soapbox lecturing you. Because I do not just look at my Twitter. I spend all sorts of dumb money that I regret. So don't uh, <laughs> don't uh, use me as an example. I guess do as I say, not as I do. Um, kind of a recommendation. Now this is a question that I've, I'm sure you get asked all the time, and I'm pretty sure we brought it up in the previous episode. But I, just to re refresh people, the the Twitter handle, the the username, Everyday Dad. Where is the dad in this? I don't. Other than you being a dad what's the point of the everyday dad for you and what have you continued to uh, make it about? Cause I know the actual story. I want to, I want you to oh. rephrase it now. Well, so <laughs> it, it, I guess it just means me like originally the everyday dad was supposed to be the channel was supposed to focus on like, I, I envisioned it as like a TV show where you'd have seasons and every season I'd get into a new hobby and go through it like that. It's just, Hey, the everyday dad, that's where the whole, like, if I can figure it out, you can figure it out thing came from yeah. uh, where it was like, I was going to learn something. We were going to go through this, you know, path together. And we kind of did that where the first couple of videos were about 3d printers. Then we moved to motorcycles, then to drones um, doing that. But then it, it kind of streamlined itself where uh, it just, the everyday dad just ended up being me. And then, I'm just, I I see there's been a, or at least there used to be, I, I haven't seen too many folks doing it now. There was a big move towards, you know, personalizing channels, using real names, all that stuff. I really like the, the quasi anonymity of it. Um, yeah. So it's just like the everyday dad is just me. People are always like, yeah. where are your kids at? And I'm like, well, he, I have a, a nine-year-old. He used to be in the videos every now and again, <laughs> but he's getting much bigger. Um, and so uh -huh. it's like, I don't necessarily want him on the channel because, you know, he could grow up 10 years from now and be like, oh, I, I definitely did not want to do that. And it's like, buddy, it is too late. You are now on the internet forever. <laughs> like there's no yeah. going back. Um, so yeah, definitely a dad. I get that question a lot. Are you even a dad? It's like, I am a dad. I probably, I'm looking at it. I, I'm pointing over here because this is his little gaming setup that I, we, we oh, built cool. him a PC uh, that he gets uh, next to my like work desk. And, but yeah, so it, it was going to be lots of hobbies, but then it was like, I, I kind of just have one, whatever I'm interested in at a time, it's always gear. I've been a gearhead for as long as I can remember, whatever my oh, fascination yeah. is, whether it, uh, I was really big into triathlons for a couple of years, uh, you know, all the stuff we talk about on YouTube, all that stuff. So it's whatever gear I'm interested in at that moment is what we will talk about on the everyday dad. And then it just, it kind of bled into Twitter where it's crazy, um, uh, to me that I was able to get verified on Twitter, but I changed my name to just Gary. So it looks like I'm the only Gary on Twitter. Cause I get the little, <laughs> That's true. Like, everybody, every other Gary on uh, Twitter is now, um, you know, co-opting my brand. Cause I am the Gary. <laughs> I'm not a Gary on Twitter. I'm the well, Gary on Twitter. I got there's the blue a, check a very well-known Gary V obviously uh, would be another popular Gary, but he's left his whole Vaynerchuk uh, in the title there. So yeah, you are yep, the I'm Gary. Gary. I'm the Gary, not a Gary. Kinda like, I'm the Gary. Well, I remember like Casey Neistat somehow obtained at Casey, which is like super cool. Um, if you could also get at Gary, I mean, that'd be Who's, nuts, but is there an at Gary? Let me, <laughs> I've looked up for myself. I've looked up at Dave and he's like this rich, uh, guy. Like I was like, yeah, there's no way. Like he probably gets emails every single day. Yeah, there there is an at Gary, uh, but he hasn't posted in like over a year. Maybe I need to see if I can snag at Gary. I might, oh I yeah, may, you're right. Yeah, I may have to do that. May Google give it, Cloud. May give it a shot. Interesting. He's a Google employee potentially. So that's why he got in early on Twitter. Yep. Smart. Yeah, I oh, wish, I uh... I had a Twitter account like right when Twitter first started. Um, mm -hmm. Like way back in 2007, I was running a like a fitness blog. Uh huh. And I had a Twitter account. It got up to like a thousand followers, which was blew my mind. We still did like follow Fridays were like oh, a yeah. big thing. Um, but then I abandoned it. And then I think back to some of the people that I follow now have like hundreds of thousands of followers. And it's like, I, uh -huh. I knew that I knew them at the time. It's like, what would have, what would it have been <laughs> if I'd been doing the internet stuff 
you know, from 2008 instead of 2017. I feel I feel proud and Twitter for me is the oldest one for me. I joined February 2009 and I never, you know, got rid of it. I did change my username from Dave Mays, which was my magic name to my actual name, which is Dave Altizer, because I was like, I'm just going to go by my real name. And then when I became a YouTuber, I was like, people can't remember my last name. I'm going to go back to that. So I had to buy back my username from some guy who owned it. And it was like a really dirty, bad account. (laughs) So it wasn't good. And so thankfully he gave it to me for 150 bucks. I thought that was a fair deal. (laughs) Nice. But um, anyways, so obviously over the last year, if you just do a a quick scroll on your your video feed, it's a lot of Apple stuff. Um, You mentioned that you do basically your philosophy is just doing what you're currently interested in. Is it mostly Apple stuff because that is literally like all you're actually interested in? Or have you seen some real success here? I mean, clearly it's been successful with the views and the subscriptions. Um, but I knew you as the Micro Four Thirds Panasonic G9 guy um, and a gear reviewer when we met. And it's been a really fun, uh, it's been really fun for me to watch your journey to essentially just shift over from camera stuff to now tech stuff. But they do kind of go hand in hand together. You still talk about cameras but i don't see any you know sony a7 4 reviews on your timeline you know what i mean yeah no so uh i don't think i've made a, a camera video since early 2020 i think i did a fuji xt4 video that was the last one i ever did um and yeah so i do i don't consider myself primarily an, an apple channel quote unquote i think of myself more as a like a computers for everybody kind of a channel. The problem is, like I said, it's the stuff that I'm interested in. Apple's the ones that are doing the interesting things right now um, in the kind of computers that, you know, I, I try to showcase and I try to, to get my hands on here. I do, uh, I'll do gaming laptops and I'll do productivity laptops. Like I'll I'll cover the Dell XPSs. I cover a lot of stuff from like Asus when it comes out, Razer every now and again. Um, But it's just like, Windows land, it's great, it's powerful, but it hasn't really changed in the mm. last four or five years. Now, what it looks like Intel's doing with their 12th gen um, chips, I'm very excited to see that this year. But it's just Apple with their M processors has really changed the game um, for what you can expect at certain price points in power. Now, yes, if you want to build your... I've uh, got a custom-built PC that I made down here um, that I play my games on, and if I need something for comparison, I'll, I'll use that because it is way more powerful than anything that I've got in Apple, but it's also a big, heavy, bulky PC. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I talk about Apple primarily because it's exciting to me. It's interesting. It helps that it gets a lot of views when it comes out. Um, but I'll, I'll continue to work with you know whatever I find interesting. Whenever uh, sure. the new stuff with CES comes out, hopefully um, here in the next couple of months, I know that there's some cool stuff coming out with Windows laptops. Early next year, we'll probably talk Windows stuff um, for a little bit as we wait for the, the new Apple stuff to come out. But it's really whatever I can get my hands on. And it helps that um, Apple has in the past, I think I've got a very good relationship with their iPhone, their um, Mac, and their... Uh, I think that's it. Those are the two teams that I've had a you know the good opportunity to work with. So it helps Great. they send me stuff that I'm able to to talk about. Um, yeah, I remember it, when it just we feeds into more and more stuff. When we talked um, last, I believe that was right when you made that connection with Apple, and, and I think you told me after the recording, like, "Hey, I got some really exciting news," and um, yeah, I mean that's really cool that that's panned out to to continue over the last year um, as they've obviously last year was the big Apple Silicon uh, shift. And so did you see a huge boost in subscribers and views as soon as Apple Silicon started happening? Yeah, absolutely. But the thing is, and and here's what I've been trying to, if if you've got creators out there um, that are in like the product review space, don't base your 2021 numbers off of 2020. Because I did see a huge bump in 2020, but everybody saw a huge bump in 2020. I've seen a lot of folks yeah. uh, be very nervous or very concerned about their 2021 numbers being less than 2020. But 2020 was like, uh, you know, everybody's trapped at home. Everybody's just watching YouTube. Um, yeah. A lot of exciting stuff came out. So to answer your question, yes, I saw a very big bump 
last year. Um, but I'm not sure if it's because of the Apple Silicon or because of the just the huge wave of numbers that happened on YouTube in 2020. Um, a little bit of both, maybe. <laughs> probably. It's probably a good intersection. Just a right place at the right time kind of a thing. And um, I love just like studying YouTube. I'm really a student of it. And I'm again, I'm just like observationally looking at your your views and your thumbnails here. And um, I see obviously a, a lot of um, consistency with your design, with the things. Honestly, if you showed me one thumbnail and then another one, I wouldn't necessarily know that it's a different video or which one is which. You're not putting massive text on it that's like similar to the title. It's basically like, it's kind of just uh, like tech porn, if I may say so myself, <laughs> with a beautiful um, image that entices you and whets your appetite for like amazing tech. And then the title itself tells the story. You're not actually necessarily telling the story with the thumbnail. Is there a strategy there? Is this just something that you're currently um, finding that's working for you? Uh, am I overanalyzing all this? <laughs> no, I. so my philosophy when it comes to videos is I think the title is the single most important part. Um, so your title is the single most important part of getting somebody to watch your video. Um, but because of that, your title also kind of crafts how the video is going to go, right? The You mm -hmm. don't want to clickbait somebody, but you want to entice them in. So I, I consider the title, the most important thing. And then the thumbnails just got to be competent. Like there's got to be a level of competence for the thumbnail to get somebody to click. So I consider relevance to be the number one, like important, like if you want to call it stat um, of mm -hmm. a video. So why should somebody click on what I'm talking about? So I try to be um, either the first on something or I'll try to take a unique spin on it that somebody else has not necessarily had. And then I have the thumbnail just look good enough because um, I, I don't like text. I don't like selling the story through the through the thumbnail itself. I like having mm -hmm. the thumbnail be very clean. I like some texture to it. I like poppy colors. I like doing screens a lot because you can really um, get vibrant, saturated, like display backgrounds set up to really uh, make them stand out in a, in a crowded field. Um, yeah. Because like I said, it's all about the title and the title's got to be relevant. It's got to be interesting to somebody. And then I see a lot of people go the other way with it, where it's, they think the thumbnail is the most important. And then the title's kind of an afterthought. Like I point people, what's the, I forget the name of the channel. Um, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but there's a lot out there that you'll see that the thumbnails, I mean, yeah, there's some folks out there that make gorgeous thumbnails. Obviously Mr. Beast is a big, you know, he's a big but proponent it's of a different the thumbnails, niche. but exactly yeah. exactly um but yeah absolutely if you're product-based youtuber the title is the most important thing and your thumbnail just has to get out of the way um so mm. i i wouldn't necessarily go crazy on it or i see a lot of people do the the shock face thing or the that, that works for some folks hey. um <laughs> that works for some folks i just like i said i like really clean like, i like the image to be as big as possible so if somebody's scrolling they see Hey, this is the the title that I'm looking for. Here's the thumbnail. It shows the product, and then it's got like some kind of a yeah snappy background. I was using my desk because I liked that rustic wooden look, um, but I'm kind of over that because I was doing that for a year. Um, so it's long story long. <laughs> yeah. The title. If you can only focus I on one that. thing, focus on the title. Yeah, I mean, if you if you start comparing uh, all sorts of different tech reviewers even mkbhc with as recognizable as his face is there's a lot of thumbnails that he's doing where he's not even in it and it's it's that same philosophy but then you look at linus tech tips and it's shock crazy face for every picture um so i guess it's just almost like what you tailor your audience to ex expect in a way too um but yeah i mean I think a lot of the YouTube educators out there obviously say, you know, statistically, if there's a face in the thumbnail, blah, blah, blah. Um, I found the same thing is true with, with, with gear stuff as tech. Um, I think people just take it really seriously and they're, it's a lot of, let's just be honest, a lot of men, like they don't necessarily want to look at a, another guy just acting kind of crazy on a thumbnail, maybe. I don't know. And so it's just yeah, kind of like... 
this guy yeah what's, what's up with well, this guy? I, you know absolutely and, I, and the thing that i would take a the thing that i would say is you got to remember that youtube there is a youtube algorithm but it's not the it doesn't face the way that i see most creators think it does the youtube algorithm does not exist to take my video and give it to somebody it exists to have a viewer get a video given to them so mm -hmm. there is an algorithm but it's not trained to take my stuff and bring it out it's to it's like a thousand little algorithm or a billion little algorithms that are designed for around each and every person so your algorithm when you watch youtube is different than my algorithm when i watch youtube so you mm -hmm. got to be able to to thread that needle and i get not to uh, i actually i got frustrated on a tweet the other day about this um because i see like i said people saw big numbers in 2020 2021 has been a more challenging year because there's not as many people watching. I don't know what the cause is. If you look on Google Trends, there's still about roughly the same amount of people searching for certain topics on YouTube as they TikTok. have been. They're well, all on TikTok. Could be TikTok, but... Um, Maybe not our audience, but yeah. It's not that the product review channels are dying out. It's that there's so much competition um, mm -hmm. that you've got to really, like I said, you got to be able to hone your craft. Um, and the big thing is, you know, you got to be able to take what you do and iterate off of it. If there's one piece of advice I'd give to somebody, it's it's not figure out, you know, what's the best for a specific audience. It's how to take what you do and do it better each time. Um, because mm -hmm. I don't necessarily aim at a specific audience when I make a video. I aim at YouTube. Because um, even when I watch, you know, a YouTube channel, like I, I found this YouTube channel a couple of weeks ago, really big into it i've been like binging all their stuff but eventually as a person i'm gonna get bored of that channel no matter how i could love this person like it could be my wife <laughs> i could love what she's making on her channel but i'm eventually gonna get bored with it and i'm gonna stop watching <laughs> so if you're a creator Hopefully you don't get bored with your well, wife in general but i, but, I yeah. mean on her if she were to if she were to hypothetically make youtube videos eventually yeah. <laughs> i'm sure i would get bored of watching them so when you focus on only your specific audience eventually mm -hmm. you will naturally attrit from that audience because people, they sure. could love you to death, but eventually they're just gonna get bored of what you're doing. So I aim much more broad. I aim as broad as I possibly can. Um, mm -hmm. And then, you know, continue to grow the audience while trying to, you know, ser service the folks that, you know, watch your stuff now, but you gotta, you can't only yeah. focus on them. Like you, you can't niche down too much that you, you know, cut out everybody else that could potentially watch your video. Well, it's clearly working because you're at, you just hit, like you said, you just hit 400,000 subscribers. Um, and I can see that, like, as you say all this, I can totally see that now as I kind of analyze your channel, like I could have, I could have no idea who Everyday Dad is. One of these thumbnails is going to pop up on my home feed. I read that title, the perfect M2 MacBook Air question mark. Oh yeah, yeah. I've heard rumors about that. I'm curious about that. Sure, I'll click that. I have no idea who you are. The thumbnail and title don't necessarily tell me that it's your video either. I just watch it and then boom, now I'm introduced to you. And then maybe a playlist or something else is uh, recommended to me. But once I hook into to your video, from now on, YouTube will eventually like suggest more videos. Like, hey, you like this one? You might like this one. And then it just automatically turns into... Uh, a ghost subscriber until I become a real subscriber, you know, but, uh, anyways, yeah. Ghost subscriptions is a big thing. It's like people who actually almost watch every video you make, but have never subscribed. It's just the home feed, the homepage, like suggesting your videos every time. And they always click on it. That's um, me. I, I don't subscribe to very many channels, but I watch a lot of YouTube. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's getting overwhelming how good the, um, the algorithm is at serving videos as a consumer myself. Uh, yesterday I was working and I uh, just made a coffee and I just kind of took a little coffee break. I was like, oh, I'll just go on YouTube for a minute. I saw like five things I wanted to watch. And I was like, I clicked on this and I made sure to save a watch later and another watch later. And then I opened another one up in another tab. And I was like, all five of these videos are so interesting to me. And it, it's, it's just nuts. And it's like, all over the map too, like the Elon Musk interview from yesterday. I don't know if you saw that with Wall Street Journal. I really wanted to watch that. That was hilarious. Um, you know, the guy from Instagram did a, the guy who created Instagram did a podcast. I wanted to watch that. It's just, and it's like two hour long things. It's like, I don't have time for this, but I want to listen to it. Uh, it's nuts. It's a good problem to have. 
Yeah, the same. I mean, the same thing happened to me. I, I don't do watch laters. I just have different tabs open on my Safari browser. And, I, and <laughs> yeah. yesterday I had like five open because I was like, no, I want to see that. So I click it, I open it, I pause it in a different tab and eventually <laughs> yeah. I'll get to. But yeah, you're right. It's um, there's a lot of stuff where I'm like, no, I got to watch that. And then I gotta and you want to save it. You want to save it because if you refresh, uh, it's gone. It could, it be, could gone be gone forever. Yeah, <laughs> it could be, be gone, gone forever. forever. Um that's amazing. Um, so I, I do want to talk about your recent purchase, the Canon R3. How has that oh, been? Yeah. And I tell me about room. That's okay. So um, a lot of, obviously a lot of our listeners here are photographers and filmmakers. Um, so I am very curious to hear your thoughts on the R3. In fact, I believe you're the first person I've talked to that has one. So tell me about your experience with it and your, your thoughts, where you came from too. I don't, I, I don't remember if you were on the S5. I think. Yeah. So I'm normally, or I've been a, a primarily a Lumix user my entire time on YouTube. Um, I started in 2017 with a, well, so I started in 2017 with like an iPhone. Then I used my wife's Nikon D5100, some ancient DSLR that didn't have autofocus. I didn't know how to use it. Eventually <laughs> I got a, eventually got the Lumix G7, moved from the G7 to the G9, which I broke uh, with a butter knife, uh, went from the G9 to a GH5. <laughs> Uh, in there, I use some Sony cameras to, um, you know, I'm famously an indecisive camera purchaser. Uh, nobody <laughs> sets out to be the crazy camera guy on, you know, YouTube or Twitter, but sometimes you just end up being that way. And then the last couple of years, <laughs> I've been primarily Lumix, either the GH5 or the S5s. Um, but very recently, like in the last couple of weeks, I decided, you know, L-mount's not doing it for me. Um, I felt I felt like, and I love the he, the thing that's frustrating with me about Lumix. And yes, I'll, I'll you know, I know you asked me about Canon. Um, the thing that's frustrating is they no, got fantastic bodies. I love the Lumix S5. I love the S1H. The colors are beautiful. They're great to use. But there's yeah. no there's no ecosystem. So yeah. like, if I look at the E mount, I can buy a lens on the E mount. I can use it on a photography camera, a, a legit cinema camera. I can use it on so many places. But if I buy an L mount lens. You know, I, I got my L mount shelf right here. But I can uh -huh. I can't use it on anything. I can only use it on the S5 or the S1H. So <laughs> I just yeah. in the last couple of weeks I decided that's it. I'm going Canon. Um, so I've you know I purchased the R3. I've got an R5 and I've got a C70 coming here um, in a couple All of days. Right. So um, that's what I'm rocking right now. Oh, that, I I'm love the C70. I'm dude. so excited. Uh, it's been so. There's some things that I don't love about Canon, but. I thought about Sony, but every time I buy a Sony camera, I get frustrated because my cameras live plugged into monitors and Sony mm -hmm. alpha cameras do this thing where you plug it into a monitor with the information on it and it, it's not a crop, but it, it has these big bars on the side. So it like, yeah, it, it drives me absolutely <laughs> nuts. Um, so I decided does on the, Canon. Go does ahead. Does the A7S three uh, still do that? Yep. Because I oh my gosh. the last year I was going to move to the A7S III. They all do it. The only ones that don't do it are the FX6 and the FX9, or I assume the FS7 and FS5 are the same way. I've never yeah, used it. But not the FX3, because that's just an A7S with the EVF chopped off. They just I was, happened to call it a cinema camera. I was so I was so excited for the FX3 because I thought because it was an FX3, it would have the different HDMI monitoring, and it doesn't. <laughs> it does the same thing the A7S III does, and it drives it. I don't know what it is. I have some mental block because I know on paper... Yeah. Sony is what I should be using because it it ticks all my boxes, but it drive they drive yeah. me crazy to it's use. Okay. So I decided I was going to go I'm Canon. On Canon, yeah, because their lenses are just so like the twenty four to one hundred five. I love the thirty five uh, RF one eight is probably my favorite lens ever made. Um, but I've been scared off the last couple of years with the whole R six R five and the heating situation. Um, yeah. So I was like, I'm not going to do it. But then I saw the R three came out. Um, that does not have a recording limit, does not have overheating. And I yeah. was, I, I called a camera store, a local camera store was well, two and a half hour drive. So I don't know how local it is, but um, <laughs> I called him up. I was like, Hey, do you guys have any A7S threes? And, and he was like, no, I'm not going to get an A7S three until like January. I was like, Oh, that sucks. Do you have an R3? Just out. It was the day the R3 came out. And I was like, do you have an R3? He's like, yeah, we had three come in. We sold two of them. Um, but we got one. Do you want it? I was like, I'll, I'm on the way. So I, I just happened <laughs> wow. into one. Um, but I really, I like it a lot actually. Um, Cause it's, I never used a one DX or I, I, when I was still borrowed doing camera stuff, B and H photo, let me borrow one DX Mark three. It's too big. I don't like EF glass all that much. I, 
I like RF. I like mirrorless um, too, more, yeah. more than I like um, SLR stuff. So I didn't like the 1DX, and this was before the M1 Max came out. So trying to shoot the H.265 on the 1DX3 yep. caused my computer to like grind to a halt, which oh, sucked. Yeah. Um, but now I've, I think it's an amazing size because it's just big enough to not be too small as like sometimes mirrorless bodies are, but it's not overly big like a cinema camera can be at times. Um, the C-Log3 has been great. I've just been using um, the Vericam LUTs. I use the Vericam LUTs on basically everything ever. Um, uh-huh. So I use those with the, the C-Log3 that I'm shooting in. And it's just been, the autofocus has been great. It has the best pass-through audio that I've ever seen on a camera. Um, all I do is, and I've used pass-through audio for years now, but sometimes you got to like finagle it or like when I was using it with Fuji cameras, when I was using the X-T4 for a couple of weeks, I couldn't do pass through. I just have to record audio and then the video separately because I like using XLR microphones. Um, and it's not what, that hard to. When you say pass through, what do you mean by that? Like take the recorder, plug the XLR into the recorder, plug like mm-hmm. the 3.5 millimeter from the recorder into the camera and just. From the headphone ha- jack or something? Yeah, it's got like a 3.5 audio out. I use the Zoom F6. Um, cool. So it does all that. So it's like it, the camera's recording audio internally without me mm-hmm. needing to sync it in post. Um, and it sounds so good. Like I was using the awesome. Lumix X5 with the DMW XLR1. Sounded fine. But this is, it's incredible. I love the R3. Um, it's It's been one of my favorite cameras I've ever used. And you can tell that because uh, I am an indecisive camera person. And the other times I've said I'm switching, I would have gotten rid of it by now. But it's been almost <laughs> two solid weeks and True. I keep using it every day. I love it. And the R5 has Aren't been amazing they, too. Are they doing a XLR thing on it? Like the Panasonic's? I think I saw Tascam. I saw that Tascam was making one, but it's going to need double A batteries, which is what pretty lame. Is this yeah. 1995? Right? What the heck? That's at least that's what I saw <laughs> when I was searching for it. But I really like no, the setup right now. And then obviously I'm getting the C70, which will have the XLR yeah. input. Well, mini. It's annoying to have the mini sometimes, but just get a little dongle. Um, yeah, so I've been rocking the C70 for a year now, um, and as my workhorse when I transitioned to being, um, you know, behind the camera this this past year, and man, it's been a workhorse. I've used it almost every single day. Unfortunately, I did have to go the EF route with it because it's the only camera I have, and I really wanted to use that turbo booster. Um, so that's what I'm using right now. I'm using the 16 to 35 2.8 version three with okay. the uh, turbo adapter. So, you know, I can go super wide if I want. Nice. Oh, I got a, I got a CRT right here. This is oh, a, nice. This is a PVM that I got recently. Uh, do you know about these? I I know about CRT TVs. I just had to try to explain one to my nine-year-old. Um, actually, just a couple <laughs> of weeks ago, we were in a micro center, and he was like, "What is that?" I was like, this "Buddy, is... that's what we used to use." So all the retro gamers love these because they were these were literally the like professional video monitors of the day. So these used to cost, you know, 5 grand for one of these cuz they're highly color accurate and the brightness is really sharp and and beautiful. But now they're ancient history, but because of uh retro gaming people have become really uh you know, they've been swiping them, but there's some guy in Nashville that didn't know what he had on his hands and was like an old video editor and on Facebook marketplace, put it up for like $200 and I snagged it. These things are going for nice. like at least 500 on eBay. So I'm thrilled to get it. Um, I'll, I'm hooking up my PS one. You have a PS one. Right I'm here. jealous. Of, oh, I'm so jealous of that. Yeah. I keep yeah, a PS three around um, just because it has back, backwards compatibility with PS one games. Oh, you got the thick, the thick one with the Spider-Man font on it. Yep, <laughs> I keep it around solely so I, because I've got like five or six PS One games. I'm big. I always play. That's great. Yeah, ever since um, this last year, I've just gotten into gaming. I got a Nintendo Switch uh, OLED, which I've really loved. And uh, I'm actually funny story. So that's what we're getting my son for Christmas, and it's it's oh, still in its box. It. This is Ooh. the box that Nintendo shipped it in. So look at us. We're just like pulling boxes out yeah, right? of thin air uh, behind camera. I'm using, I'm using the switch OLED that I was able to find. Uh, I didn't pay a scalper. I actually, uh, I followed the guy on Twitter that does all the, the alerts. I got it directly the from Nintendo. Wario 64 or whatever. No, uh, Matt something. 
I, I can't remember oh, his name, good. but um, is it white using, or the red and red and blue? I think it's the regular black one, uh, or the red and the blue one. It's yeah, not the, the white blue. one, but yeah, it's, the red I'm blue using the box. is usually more um, pop. It's easier to snag that one, but I was I was trying to get them. the white one, but who cares? You know, it, people get so obsessed about colors. But it's my mic stand right now. <laughs> it's legit. But speaking of colors, I went silver with mine. Did you get space gray or silver? No, I went space gray. Um, okay. where's my I'm a fan 14? of the silver. I like it. My I like the fact. That, I like the fact that my MagSafe and my computer match. <laughs> oh, nice. I don't use. I just have like a. I have the OWC, the Thunder Bay Flex Eight, which is like their big. Okay. Yeah. It's like a raid combined with a dongle. So I just so you're have not using MagSafe. I, nope, I just use the Thunderbolt Four, and then yeah, it yeah, does yeah. everything. <clears throat> So again, I sorry we're totally derailing here on the R3. I really oh, am yeah. curious. Um how's been how's the autofocus been? How's the you know, just the overall use of it? And obviously a lot of people are going to say Gary, this camera is like a photography camera. It's like, you know, there's a lot of features you're not using, but explain to me why I I mean, I would choose that as well, honestly. Um kind of explain why you would choose essentially a, a photography flagship as a video camera over the R5? Well, I have both, um, but I chose it to be the primary camera just because the it has no record limit. Record limits drive me crazy. Like they drive me absolutely up the wall. Um, <laughs> the thing that I don't, the reason, one of my main reasons from switching is the S5 has a record limit when you're recording 4K 10-bit. Um, and it's like, I'm not, I'm done with that. So it is, <laughs> I'm absolutely not using um, like, 80% of what the camera can do. Cause I'm using it as a, a studio video camera and not as a sports photography camera, but it's, I like, I like cameras. I'm kind of a, a I like gadgets. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, I think I, I when you get that C7, forward. when you get that C70, you're going to be spoiled. I think you might, you might switch over to that. It's so great to have the built-in NDs and just, you know, having a real video camera is awesome. I'm excited for the, the problem is going to be, I like 35 millimeters for my YouTube, like main yeah. shot. And I love the 3518 RF that can, like I said, it's my favorite lens Canon's ever, ever come up with. And it's going to be hard because I don't want 50. I don't want the, the crop from the, the C70. So I did get the, uh, the 24 millimeter Canon 2.8, that little pancake. That'll probably uh -huh. be yeah, my C70 lens. Um, but it yeah, breaks my heart. 35. Yeah. Is it 24? Yep. For the the 2.8. Oh, the STM one? It's a like that big. Yep. Do you have an adapter? I do. From okay, when I bought yeah. the, the original Canon EOS R like eight separate times over the course <laughs> of uh, six months. <laughs> um, Did I sell you one of mine or I don't remember. No, I don't think so. I, saw, I sold mine on Twitter to somebody, but I don't think it was you, but you might have messaged me about it. I yeah, I, I, it's like I said, you don't set out to be the, cra the crazy camera person, but uh, sometimes you turn <laughs> into them. So uh, one other thing that has changed for me over the last year is I have converted to the 30P Club, Gary, welcome. along with it's you. Nice. We, we welcome you. <laughs> so um, the reason for it is the content that I've been doing has been courses and just like, it's just stuff that kind of the demographic is 90% women and they're like middle-aged women buying this product. And I was shooting a lot outside and moving around a lot, handheld footage and 24 P just looked way too choppy. It was just way overkill. And I experimented with 60 and it just looked a little too much too. too I don't like 60 jello-y. It looks, it just looks wrong for some reason. But when I went to 30, everything just felt so right. I lost that choppiness of when I was when I was going handheld, nothing felt choppy. And then I just my eyes just adjusted to it and now anytime I see something shot at 24, I'm like, "Why? This is this looks so choppy." No, hey, uh so I originally shot in cuz if you're on YouTube, here's the secret. Nobody cares. Literally <laughs> nobody cares. The only people that care about the frame rate you shoot in are uh, like filmmaking snobs. And guess what? They're yeah. a very big minority of people that watch YouTube. <laughs> so I originally shot in 30 frames per second just because nobody cared. And I liked being a successful, you know, camera channel 
that shot in 30 frames per second just because. It was because. a fun meme. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but now it's, I just do it because I do it. Another reason I won't switch to Sony is this new Sony bodies, they don't do H.265 in 30 frames per second. They'll do oh, 24 really? and they'll do 60, but they won't do it in 30s. So I do everything <laughs> in H.265 now because the files are half the mm -hmm. size. And they and play perfectly so fine on yeah they on play silicon. perfectly fine on all the uh, Apple computers so it of course I will spend half the money on storage um, <laughs> that so I've that's one of the things I've been loving about the Canon cameras is that yeah. uh, the HEVC files have been very nice to work with yeah you'll find the C70 that's that's what I use it's a 10 bit 422 HEVC which is awesome it's like. It, it and people are like oh shoot long gop that's the best one i'm like why it, because it's four times bigger like yeah it's like i don't want to carry around 512 sd cards i like <laughs> like a whole youtube video of mine used to be like 100 gigabytes for mm -hmm. all of the you know the main shot all the b-roll and now it's, it's like 20 like it's it's a substantial reduction it's one thing if you're delivering to produce something on television or like in film production but YouTube itself is always going to compress it to an uh, uh, an MPEG like file. So like, why? It's so dumb. It's like you're never going to see the difference because it's always compressed on the internet. I'm all so. about uh, like workflow and workflow friction reduction. Uh, mm -hmm. So yeah, absolutely, 100%. I will take <laughs> a reduction in storage sizes because I keep everything, and so having it be as small as possible is a big help. So what are you going to do with your Panasonic cameras? Have you sold them? Or are, you, are you keeping them around? I sold a couple, um, but I'm going to keep one S5 and then I'm going to keep my my old trusty here. My GH5. Um, this guy, <laughs> number basically, five, right? <laughs> this was, I think this originally was number six, but I purchased okay. this one in 20... I purchased this one in 2018 and I basically built my YouTube channel with this camera and it. Yeah. I love... I'll always keep it just because you know, sentimental reasons, but I'll keep this. I'll keep one of the S fives just because I still think Lumix um, are some of the best cameras for usability. Um, and I don't really use autofocus all that much. So um, I use them. I use them a lot. I still have this boy, the Olympus Absolutely. EM one as the Mark three. Um, this is with the polar pro cap on there. Oh, nice. And the, yeah, these are really cool little, do you have these defenders? I don't, I just have the regular, I, I didn't even have a lens on this. But uh, yeah, I mean, I loved the Olympus when I was using it. Um, I'm probably going to start using it again just because the autofocus actually works. But what what was it about the Olympus that you didn't like? I, I feel like I've never, you and I have I used, talked about it. I used the, what what was the big one that looked like the R3? Um, the EM1X. Yes. I used that one time for a couple of days and then... I just never, I don't know why, I, I, I don't know. I just never liked the menu system on that one. <laughs> and so I sent it back. I think I made one video about it and it was just not for me. Um, but I don't, like I said, I don't really use autofocus. So the Lumix cameras have been perfectly, perfectly fine um, for what my is needs. Your work? I'm curious, what's your workflow then if you don't need autofocus as a YouTuber? Well, I just, you know, I have my studio shot and I just have the camera set at one, at, you know, the same spot. And there's a setting sure. you can. Uh, there's a setting in the Lumix cameras where it'll keep the focus in one spot. So I just mm -hmm. turn on the camera and I hit record and I sit down and I start talking about whatever I'm going to talk about. Uh, so makes it wait, very so, easy. Hold on. So you can set it. You can set it and just like hit a button like save this. And because it's a, a focus by wire lens, it just saves that distance. And when you turn on the camera, it's just locked there. You don't have to touch it. Yep, you know, I never focus. Um, it's just <laughs> I turn it on; it's immediately focused where I need it to be. Uh, I forget the name of the setting in here. I found that from uh, Patrick Tomaso. He showed that to me. Um, that is awesome. And yeah, so I just turn it on. And I hit record. So Why, that's that's well, literally a software feature. Any company could add that to any camera. Why don't they? Black do that? Magic. That's a Black Magic cameras do it. That's why I was using a Black Magic Pocket 4K for a while, specifically oh, yeah. because of that. Um, cause it, it doesn't move the photo. You turn the camera off, you turn the camera on the focus is the exact same. Um, but a lot of the other companies don't do manual, that. If you had an all manual lens too, I guess you could do that, but there's, you know, chance you could accidentally knock it or whatever. And then there are times where you, you do need to change it while you're sitting over there and you use an iPad or something, right. To 
use the little thing i know you used nope. to you used to, I use used to but but like i said it's i'm i'm all about workflow smoothing <laughs> out and reducing friction and that used to take me a couple of minutes um to pair it and then pair it to my ipad and then that yeah. so no i keep it one shot um even with the s5 i you know i don't shoot in like f1.8 on a full frame i'm like f4 sure. f4 is basically what i do everything in so if i'm in front of the camera i know where the focus is going to be so i just set it ahead of time and then nice. that's where it's going to be forever um, but now it it has been nice having a canon camera where i just <laughs> turn it on and the autofocus works so now i now i shoot in 2.8 on the uh the canon cameras it has been and it this, has been uh, nice this face only thing is nuts too like I can always, I, I know that it's not going to just like lock onto my microphone here because it's looking for my face. And that's why every time I hold something up, it, well, I mean, unless I cover my face, you know, if I hold this up over here, it's not going to focus on it because it's staying on my face or whatever, which is really nice on the C70. Um, yeah, I'm very excited. It should get here tomorrow. I'm, I'm pretty, ooh. I'm pretty excited about it. Awesome. We will hear about it on Twitter. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure you will. Um, I notice on your YouTube page, you only link your Twitter, uh, not your Instagram. Have you completely like given up on Instagram? Do you use it at all? Well, I never, I had an Instagram, but I never really took it seriously. Um, I do have one now. It or? I haven't okay. deleted it, but I never really posted to it. It was never something that I um, did much of. Um, but I have just in the last uh, couple of weeks, I've, I had a channel where I talked, or it used to be a series on my channel called Reviewing the Cheapest. Yeah, where I would talk about cheap stuff. Um, I haven't had the time to do that. However, um, I, I started thinking about all these like short videos and all the vertical video stuff that's going on. So I started yeah. it back up where now I have an Instagram for it, uh, a TikTok and a YouTube shorts channel because um, you could just make the one piece of content and then you can put it out on all three platforms. So I have an Instagram now, but it only how many followers do I now have? I have 30 followers. Well, 31 followers. I'm sorry. Somebody just followed me a, a few minutes ago. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, yeah. well, we'll link, it's, it's we'll link been, it in the show notes. Great. Well, no, I'm not, I'm not publicizing it yet. I want to see. Um, so these, the, the, the vertical video stuff, I'm giving it 30 days to bake on its own just to see like how it is to try to grow something totally organically um, okay. in 2021. So right now I've been doing it for a week. I've got six posts on Instagram with 31 followers on the YouTube shorts channel. It's kind of cheating because it was a, a pre-existing channel with 2000 subscribers. It's okay. gained about, it's gained about 30 followers. And then the TikTok has been wild. The TikTok is only a couple days old and it's got, it decided to not work right there. And it's got 6,200 followers and 40,000 likes that happened in six days. So I have a, tiktok channel that i'm starting in january i'm really excited about uh it's a gaming it's a retro gaming thing and a gaming thing um there's way too many users and not enough creators still like the the balance is off so if you're a creator and you're not on tiktok try something like try something that you know will work it, it obviously short form stuff uh is is the you, you know doing a 20 minute review isn't going to work there uh, it's a different type of content, different ki kind of storytelling. But if you can figure it out and you think you can you can make it work, um, get on there. I mean, there's so many people. It's been like, a lot of fun up on TikTok, and it's like fun. I said, yeah, I've really only fun. done it for seven days now, and I got one video that has t over two hundred thousand views, and that's where all these awesome. followers are coming from. Like, what well, yesterday I woke up to forty followers. And I went to bed with like 5,000 because just that <laughs> one video. Um, but it's, I'm, I'm still not, you know, I'm trying to figure out the the monetization strategy and, and all that stuff. Because obviously YouTube has a, when you make the regular YouTube videos, not the yeah. shorts, there's a, you know, AdSense, all that stuff. Um, so I'm working on figuring out um, the monetization strategy um, on TikTok, well, but it's been, it's been incredible. There are people making a killing on TikTok, but they're people with yeah like millions of followers and uh sponsors are are paying for ads you know on the channel uh TikTok i don't know i so the whole reason i started this i'm sorry to interrupt you but i got, I, no, I no, got excited fine. uh so i read a, a was it a verge article or a it might be up on this computer so there's a, a a a tiktoker that does excel stuff and she calls herself miss excel i read this on the verge um where she's been doing it 
um, for about a year now. And she makes like, uh, she just had her first six figure day, um, a couple of weeks ago and she sells an Excel course. Um, Excel like girl, TikTok, miss Excel. Okay. Where did zoom go? And it, it's There's literally zoom. just about Microsoft Excel. That's all it is. Um, huh. so I think if you have a product you can sell, uh, because the, the volume of views you can get on TikTok, it, it could be very big thing. So, wait, okay. So you're saying she made money selling the course. Yeah, that's all she does. She sells. Yeah, yeah. She makes. She makes. I've only, like I said, it's just been a week that I've been dabbling in TikTok. Brilliant. But brilliant, um, brilliant, her brilliant. story. So I think I agree with you. I think there's so there's a lot of views out there to be had because it's a very popular platform, um, and because of the way it works, you know, it's all short form and people, you know, just keep scrolling through it. Um, it's been. I wild. know it's addictive. Yeah, it's dangerous for kids. I feel like because it is so addictive. Uh, but. But I love, I got to tell you, I love making the short form content. When I make a YouTube video, sometimes I feel like, okay, I got to make this script. It's got to be, you know, 2,200 words because that's about how long it takes me to read 11 minutes worth of content. But Mm -hmm. sometimes it feels like you're stretching it. Whereas you got a minute or 30 seconds and you got to like cut that content to the bone. And it's a lot of fun because you, you know, there's only so much you can do in a minute. Um, And I've... It's been, it's been a week, but uh, it's been a, it's been a blast so far. Oh yeah, I mean for me the those music video parodies um, didn't do as well on YouTube, but then I put them on TikTok and they blew up on TikTok, and it was because that was really the right uh, format for it, you know. And um, so, anyways, but yeah, I mean your 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 monetization strategy has to be a little bit different, so, and that just comes with experience. So Absolutely. yeah, we'll be following. I mean, we won't be following because you don't want us to know. We want it to be organic, but I will be curious to follow it whenever you decide to announce what it's called. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I said, I'm very excited. I think the I'm I expected TikTok to do you know numbers because everybody I see that goes on TikTok gets numbers, but I'm surprised that you know I have videos on YouTube that get this many views, um, but yeah. they don't. It doesn't translate to that many followers. Like, I feel yeah. like there's a, a follower, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like environment, like it, you're, you know, it's more, yeah. uh, people follow more people on TikTok. Well, so it's been like, it's the algorithm, that. right? Like if I see somebody that I really like on TikTok, it, I have no, I have no idea who they are. The algorithm just served it to me. The way that the whole app works is it the for you page. So I may never see that person ever again. So if it's somebody that I really loved, it's like, I'm going to give them a follow because I want to make sure that I see their content, you know? And like I said earlier, it's the creator to user base is way out of whack. There's so many users who are literally just consumers that need content and there's not enough creators still. So anything that you like... Even now, which a lot of people are like, is it too late to get on TikTok? No way, dude. This is still the beginning of it. So, um, and the metrics between YouTube Shorts and Instagram Reels and TikTok, like, I know YouTube is big, but like, you, these companies are scared of TikTok. Like, it's really, I've heard the numbers are like nuts. Like, I think on average now, people are watching 50 minutes on TikTok on a normal session wow. a day, whereas YouTube, like the YouTube website on average, you're getting about 20, 24 minutes a day. So that means short form videos are causing higher retention on the app than YouTube, which has longer form videos. It doesn't make any sense, but it does because it's so addictive to just like one after the other, one after the other. And it's fun to make videos on TikTok. Like I do, I, I release my, the, these videos on all three, like Instagram reels, uh, TikTok well. and YouTube Shorts, exactly. Why but not? It's all the same. Yeah. YouTube Shorts is the most frustrating to use, and I've seen the least <laughs> amount of success on it, which is weird because you would think that after five years of doing YouTube, I could figure out how to make a YouTube video. Um, yeah. But the YouTube Shorts has been singly the most frustrating um, part of this whole experience. Whereas Instagram is like the thing that I've never understood. So I treat that as like <laughs> a black box. Yeah. I just, <laughs> I upload it there. Whatever happens, happens. Um, but TikTok has blown me away with a, uh, just how yeah, crazy it's been. I've got it on lock for sure. Um, cool. So I had a couple of questions uh, on Twitter, and then we'll we'll close it up if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
I know that your bedtime is like right now, but I really appreciate your time. <laughs> my my bedtime was an hour ago. Oh gosh. Okay. Okay. We'll we'll finish this up. Um, in that case, uh, the one question that I'll ask you is a question that I had as well. Um, and it comes from Greg Tardif, um, who asks, "Are you?" considering going full-time as a creator, you mentioned at the very beginning of this podcast that you still have a day job um, and you're doing it from home. I would imagine that helps um, to have it like a work from home job now, in addition to the YouTube thing. Uh, as long as I've known you, you've you've done a full-time job. I personally am um, transitioning next year to freelance from my full-time position that I've been in this year um, because I had a really hard time figuring out how to balance being a husband, a father of a two-year-old and a four-year-old and a full-time job and doing uh, Dave May's YouTube channel, which is why I've basically been on hiatus for the last year. Um, but going freelance allows me to kind of take jobs as they come and go and then do YouTube more full-time. Um, I'm just so impressed that you've been able to balance both in addition to being an actual father and husband as well. So the question is still there though, like, do you ever can think that you'll quit that job or do you still enjoy the process of both? So it's been hard. Um, working from home has been great, but the problem is because working from home, you're always at home. I basically work now from like six o'clock in the morning to like nine, 10 o'clock at night. So it's like, there, I feel like there's, there used to be a, a definite difference between you know, I work, mm -hmm. I come home, see the family, do YouTube stuff at night, but now it's just like all work all the time. Um, and so it's, it's been, it's been a little um, more of a struggle this year than it, or the last couple of years now um, than it has been in years past. Uh, so would I ever do creation full-time? I don't know. I did actually. Um, so I have very uh, strongly considered um, submitting a resignation for my job now. Um, I love what I do. Um, an awful lot. It's been incredible to, you know, I'm a, a, a project manager in a software development company. It's been fantastic. Um, but uh, I'm, they want me to move here in the next year. I don't want to move. My son, you know, is loving his school. We love where we're at. Uh, so I have considered putting in a resignation. Would that then translate into me, you know, not getting another job? Probably not. Um, I don't know. It, I guess it depends on uh, what's going on because you're you're catching me right now at like peak holiday season, which means yeah. the most views, the most uh, you know ad revenue, all that stuff. So right now I'm like, oh, of course, who couldn't do this every <laughs> month? Uh, but you ask me in February, March at the at the the bottom of the dip from the the end of the year, I'd probably have a sure. different answer for you. So uh, will I continue doing my current full time job forever? Probably not. Would I do full-time creation? Probably not. Um, it's too, there's just too much. It's the peaks and the valleys. I like keeping it as a hobby. That means there's less stress. There's less like, oh goodness, this video has got to, you know, do well, or, you know, the, you know, yeah, could have true. problems with mortgage or something like that. So I like having fun with it. It, you know, becomes an extra income where I get to buy whatever toy I want. And then most of the times I can write it <laughs> off because it's part of a video, uh, but, you know, then you got your your separate thing where you got your professional day job where, um, you know, that's the security and the, the financial stability a little bit. So uh, I did not yeah. give you an answer. The the answer <laughs> no, is okay. it, de it depends. Depen it, it depends. We'll the see. question when the when the question comes up and I have to make a decision, it depends on, I guess, how the numbers are doing at the time. Um, sure. How, how we end up making that call. And I'm curious. I mean, where in that six to six a.m. to nine p.m. do you get to like stop and rest and be with with your family do you do you take the weekends off do you try to balance that because i think a lot of creative struggle myself included with that work-life balance i take saturdays off saturday is the one day i take wholly off um from everything that's it's actually harder than you might think to take a day off when you're used to going all the time um because there'll be a lot of times where i'm like i'm not doing anything i could get this like I could get my script done for tomorrow. It'd be really nice. <laughs> I'd be ahead. Um, but no, yeah. Saturday is the one day that I just wholly take off and I'm with the family. And then, like I said, my son has his gaming rig down here. So he and I hang out a lot during the day um, because cool. we're all at home. I, I walk upstairs. I see my wife all the time. That's been the good part about working from home is, you know, normally in a normal day, I would have been able to spend like 30 minutes to an hour with the family 
um, you know, between the commute from work back, you know, eating dinner, hanging out for a little bit, then doing YouTube stuff. Maybe we get 30 minutes to an hour a day. Now we get so much more because um, yeah. because I'm home. So that has been nice, even though it's, you know, I feel like it's burning the candle at both ends um, for work yeah, totally. you know, at the same time. Well, I, w- <laughs> I, I don't think you're the everyday dad. I think you're the exceptional dad. Gary, thank you so much for being on the show again. Uh, everybody can follow Gary on Twitter and he is a tweet boy. That is for sure. The uh, Gary. The, the Gary. Gary. The only <laughs> Gary. Everyday dad. Uh, Gary, thank you again for being on the show today. Really yeah, appreciate abs- it. Absolutely, Dave. Hey, thanks for having me on again. I really appreciate it.